Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. First Corinthians 1, 17 through 25. So if you would stand, please, for the reading of God's word. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world, uh, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified To the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much just for the opportunity to be here and to worship you and then to open your word together And Lord, to know that that the God of all creation is right here with us and how awesome that is. Father, open our hearts and open our minds. Lead us in a direction that only you could lead. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, Please... You got your Bibles, got your apps, leave them, leave them all open. You know, um, Palm Sunday is, is a day that, that kind of causes us to, to, each of us, to have maybe a, a different picture of, of what Palm Sunday is, is, is all about. The thought of, of Jesus um, riding into town on on a donkey, and and I, you know, I probably have seen it in a movie um, at one time or another. But I but I picture Jesus um, looking ahead, and and all all you see before him are are palms being being laid down um, before him. That, those those that didn't have the palms were ter- you know taking off their robes and they were laying them down um, before Jesus as as he rode to. Jerusalem. Um, you know, you kind of have to think about this for a moment and, and to say, you know, what they had pictured, what the Jews had pictured their Messiah um, to be like. You know, it doesn't matter if you're meeting somebody for the first time, if you'd heard their voice on the phone or, or you read about somebody, and, and when you finally see that person in person, um, you, you draw a different, a, a different picture altogether. All um, 
I, I, I thought, you know, yesterday, I've never, I've never seen Bubba Watson before. I mean, I've never met Bubba Watson before, but, you know, he's a golfer. And, and, and I was, when I was watching the Masters yesterday, I noticed um, Bubba when, usually Bubba's a big guy. This Bubba's a little guy. He really isn't big at all. I don't know where they come up with Bubba. But, but he, you know, he's, he was leading. I think he's still leading in the, in the Masters. Um, has a, has a, a fantastic game, a, a, a great drive. Um, but then, I, you know, they were following him, and I'm watching him next to his caddy, and I'm going, my goodness, I think my leg is bigger than this guy. And, and it's just, you know, he's so much smaller than what you had pictured him to be. Well, you know, the, the Jews, they were looking for their Messiah to come. And, and this Messiah was going to save them. He was going to save them from, from the oppression that they were, that they were under with, with the Roman Empire. And, and, you know, what they wanted and what they got in all reality, were two different things. They wanted this Messiah to come in. They wanted him to ride into Jerusalem on a war horse. They wanted this, this, this great steed to be carrying this, this great warrior and, and, and that this one is the one who was, was going to save them. And actually what they got was, was a carpenter on a donkey. You know, but the thing is, is I think they were willing to accept that. Because this, this carpenter's son, um, who was riding into town on a donkey, had done so many wonderful, wonderful things. You know, many of them who were there that day that were throwing, throwing uh, uh, palms down before Jesus were there, and they saw that he had called Lazarus to come out of the tomb. And, and they had watched him perform miracles. And, you know, I would say only a blind man wouldn't think that this was the Messiah. And the thing is, is that he made so many of the blind see. You know, those that were the physical blindness could see, but there were so many who were spiritually blind, and they could see. And, and so they were willing, they were willing to accept the idea that this, this was the Messiah. I, you know, the idea of him riding into town on a donkey, one of the favorite stories I have around Palm Sunday is, is how he got that donkey in the first place. You know, they're coming into Bethany or Bethsaida and, and, and telling, telling a couple of his disciples, listen, go to the town over here, and, and when you go over there, you're going to find this, this donkey, this colt, um, tied up outside this, this house, and, and he's never been ridden. And so when, when you go there, just tell them as you take them. If they say anything to you, you just say that you, our Lord needs him. And so I could just, you know, and because I put myself in the situation of those disciples, you know, here they go walking over to this town, and they walk into this town, and doggone it, there's the colt, there's, there's the donkey tied up, you know, right where Jesus said he was going to. And, and, and so when they untie him, now guys, they're ripping, the, they're ripping off the donkey, okay? They're stealing him. And, and so they, they take him, and of course someone says, excuse me, where are you going with my donkey? <laughs> I'm sure they said it just that calmly. And, and, and they said, our Lord needs him. 
and, and they let him go. It should have, they should have clubbed him, <laughs> you know, but they let him go. And, and, and they bring him back, and they throw their coats on top of the donkey, and, and they start that trek down into, into Jerusalem. And, and as soon as people realize and they see that Jesus is coming, all of a sudden, here comes the palm branches, here comes the coats, all of these things that they're laying down that, that Christ, and, and as he rides on this donkey, are, are coming into Jerusalem. You know, can, have you ever thought what it must have been like to walk with Jesus back in that time? All of the things that, that you would have seen all of the miracles, the healings, the, just the incredible opportunity to have walked with him. You know, none of them, I don't think, um, I know, none of them realized that, that the whole idea of the donkey and riding into Jerusalem was fulfilling prophecy. It's, and it was. It says here, you know, your, your, uh, your Messiah riding into town on a donkey. And... and uh, it was, as people rode into town, um, the people, they knew him. They knew what he had done, and they cheered him. And, and you know, I don't, I, sometimes I, I don't think, you know, when we do a cantata and we're trying to, to demonstrate that, and I remember last week with, the, with um, all the ladies coming down with the palms and, and Jesus walking along with them, it's, it's hardly, you're hardly able to duplicate what that must have been like because I, I really believe that it was a mob scene and, and those people were just cheering for Jesus. They knew who he was. They knew who he was. And then how soon their mood was going to change. And boy, did it change. You know, they were willing to accept the Messiah on a donkey. They were willing to do that because they had seen the work that he had done but then when they arrested Jesus, they arrested him, they beat him, they took him down to, to um, um, Caiaphas' place, and they gave him this mock trial, and every answer that he gave, they would smack him, they, would, they, they beat on him, and, and then off to Pilate, and, and you know, Jesus was, Jesus was you know, falsely accused, um, it was, it was nothing more than, than a false, a, a, a sham of a trial. And, and then they took him after convicting him to death. And, and uh, that's when the brutality really started. And, and, I, and I picture a lot of times that Jesus, after the, after the beatings... You know, uh, the, the bloody mess that he would have been to, to be carrying his cross um, towards Calvary. Um, the cross, guys, was, was something that was shameful. It was defeated. And this was their Messiah. So you want to know why the people turned on him. It's because they were willing to accept him to be the Messiah because of the things that he had seen. But he wasn't supposed to be arrested. He wasn't supposed to be, to be beaten in their eyes. And then when he was, then this couldn't be the Messiah. Many of them to this day don't believe 
don't believe that he was. They didn't get it. But you see, Palm Sunday, we, we picture all before the, everything happened to him. And, and we, we get this picture of what, what Palm Sunday was or what Palm Sunday is. And, the, and we see Jesus on the donkey and the palms, you know, going back and forth and being, being laid down. And Jesus Christ, folks, at that time, what did he see? It really wasn't the people who were laying down the palms and those who were throwing their coats on the ground. And do you know what Jesus saw? He saw the cross. That's what this was all about. It was the cross. And guys, it's always been about the cross. It always has. It's always about the cross. You see, and, and when we do Palm Sunday and we, and we celebrate Palm Sunday, and Palm Sunday is about a whole lot more than a donkey riding palm, palm branches. It really is. What, what do you see when you look at the cross? What do you see? You know, we speak so often of, of the death and the resurrection of, of Christ that you know, for, for Christians who aren't real rooted in their faith, it almost becomes common day or average or trite to even speak of that. You know, we wear crosses around our necks. We, we see them on churches. We see them in churches. We see the crosses in different spots. Some New Age churches... Don't, don't have a cross. They don't have a cross. And you know why they don't have a cross? Because they don't want to offend somebody. They don't want to offend somebody. Um, this ought to offend us. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but you know, it's... Jesus Christ and the Word of God has never cared whether you were offended by it or not. And yet we have churches that, that are coming around today that, that are, are not even displaying a cross because they're afraid that, that somebody is going to be offended when they see it. And, and this isn't, you know, who, who have we become? Who have we become? And I'm not talking about society. I'm talking about the churches. I'm talking about our churches. Isaiah 6, 9 says, says this. Go tell this people. Go tell this people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but, but they don't they don't perceive. They don't get it. Tell the people. Keep preaching it. Folks, what do we see when we look at the cross? What is it that we see? Do you see it as, as a symbol? Um, a, a symbol of a church or, or a symbol of, of Christianity? 
Is that how we find our churches as we look and we see the cross and we say, well, that's where there's a church? Is, is that how we find them? Do, do we see it as, as maybe as a symbol and, and then we don't see it as anything else? It's, it's, just, it's just a symbol. And, and when you think about symbols, think about this. When, when, when you see the Empire State Building, what do you think? New York. You think about New York City. You know, when, when the Twin Towers were there, what did they represent? Free enterprise. Yeah. Uh, a symbol makes you, makes you think of something. But, but symbols, when, when, when they make you think of something, those things can change. You see, the problem with symbols is that they can be lost in time. A symbol that meant something at one time doesn't necessarily mean that that symbol is going to mean the same thing later on in time because a symbol can be changed. A symbol can, can be lost in time and become something that they were never meant to be. What, what is, the, is the cross just a symbol to you? Is it just a symbol? Guys, um, the cross is a whole lot more than a symbol. It is so much more than a symbol. And so much more that we need to, we need to pause and we need to consider, you know, what, what it actually means to us. You know, to God, the cross is where mercy was extended to you and to me. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? It is where full satisfaction was made so that a holy and a righteous God could reach down and save us. Was it not? Was it not? The cross transformed the throne of God from the throne of judgment to a throne of mercy. Wow, this is a whole bunch of stuff that the cross actually means, isn't it? Mercy from God rather than judgment. Guys, think about that. The judgment that we deserve. We should be able to look at the cross and and, and to see mercy, mercy. Not what we deserve. What we deserve is death. That's what we deserve. Scripture tells us that that the penalty for sin is death. That's what what Scripture says. That changed it right there. The cross. Because Jesus took the penalty, the penalty for your sin, the penalty for my sin, and he paid the price. The cross is where Jesus Christ bore the guilt and the penalty, the price was paid. I think the thing that, that grabs me so much on this is, is trying to understand 
to understand this. When, when we talk about whether someone is saved or whether they're not, we, we seem to always go to, but this person is a good person. God, for sure, would never send such a good person to hell. He didn't give his own son that chance. He sent his son so that we didn't have to pay that price. He sent his son to pay the price for us. Why would we expect a free ride and to say that I'm a good guy? I'm a good guy. God would never send me to hell when his son paid the price for us. And all he's ever asked us to do was to believe in what Jesus Christ did for each of us. Wow. The, the, the penalty that we were supposed to pay, Jesus Christ stepped in and paid that and paid that price. You know, for you and me, believers, believers in Christ, the cross means this, substitution. It means substitution. It means that rather than me having to hang on that cross, Jesus Christ did that for me. He did it for me. It means substitution. It means that Jesus Christ took our place and paid the price for our sin. Not deserved. We definitely didn't earn it. The just one, the just one, suffering for the unjust. The just one suffering for the unjust and the good guys. And see, we're unjust. The cross should never be a symbol, folks. The cross should never be a symbol. The cross should be, should be held in our heart to, to show what Jesus Christ really did for each and every one of us. Folks, the offensive part of, of church, the offensive part of the cross is Jesus Christ to this world. You see, we preach the cross and Christ crucified. You see, that's what it's all about. Do you think that, that a church that won't even display a cross, do you think that they preach the cross and Christ crucified? No, they don't. It bothers me greatly to, to watch a, a certain evangelist, to watch a preacher on TV that doesn't have the cross behind him, that has a globe spinning. Guys, it's about that. It's about the cross. It's about what Jesus Christ did on that cross. And, and we're not to just let that go, just to call it a symbol, just a way to mark a church. No, that's not what this is. The cross is about what Christ did for us. And you see, to be perfectly honest, there is no other message unto salvation than through Jesus Christ and him crucified. There's no other message. 
folks, I can get up and I can, I can preach how, to, how, to, how for you to be able to reach your goals. I can sit up here and I can preach to you and tell you how, how to get along together. I can get up here and preach you how to have a better marriage and, and how I can be a psycho, psychoanalyst up here and I can do all of those neat things and you'll be lost because I wouldn't preach the cross. I wouldn't preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. We can fill in time with all the other things that churches fill in with today. All the other things to keep an unbelieving society pacified inside the four walls of a church and they would be lost and they would be lost. Folks, there is no other message. No other message than that and that alone and who Jesus Christ was as the Son of God and that he paid the price for your sins, for my sins and that without him doesn't matter if you got a good, good marriage, um, a, a healthy job. It, it doesn't matter whether what your life is like. Without him, you're lost. You're lost. Folks, don't, don't, don't get bogged down in the other things of the world. Don't get bogged down in a society that is going to say, don't talk about Jesus Christ. It's offensive. It's offensive. Folks, when you hear those words, you know you're doing the right thing. You know that you're doing right. Folks, that's it. That's who we are. That's who he is. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I I thank you so much for being our God. Father, for the opportunity that we have to be here to worship, to worship you. Father, I, I think about a, about a, a man that I saw yesterday as, as, as we were out shopping. And I, and I looked at his shirt, and the shirt that he was wearing, and it says, my hero didn't bat 400. My hero didn't make $5 million last year. My hero died for me. And Lord, when I think of that, it it takes everything in this life and it puts it in perspective. That this life would be nothing. That this life would be lost if not for Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for being our God. Thank you for sending Jesus into this world. I thank you for for a Palm Sunday celebration that we can look at it and see it and, and to know that what it was was Jesus Christ coming to go to the cross for us. That's what it's all about. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for Jesus. Thanks for loving us. Thank you for the salvation that's in our lives. And we pray this in in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.